Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, we are going to continue our discussion with Dolly Penlin, owner of Business Results and a veritable treasure trove of knowledge about what makes people tick. On our last episode, Dolly and I spent most of our time talking about the predictive index and other tools and how these powerful tools can give us data that helps employers improve everything from their hiring processes to their managing style. In this episode, Dolly and I are going to talk a little bit more about the powerful tools employers have to find their future employees. Dolly, welcome back to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. So I've teased about it enough. Uh, what, in your mind, is the most powerful tool employers have at their disposal to stall, solve their current labor shortage woes? Let me guess. It's a big fat signing bonus, isn't it? <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. Money is a great uh, tool. It's a, it's a nice indicator. But um, when I'm looking at motivating people, money is only one small part of it. So we're going to make the presumption uh, that your current and future people are being paid enough to be fed, watered, shelter, right? So mm -hmm. if we look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, going back to our IO site class in college, most people are motivated by things beyond the, the cash, right? And so I know that there's a lot of competition to source new people for our organizations. And yeah, those signing bonuses, you know, they're great. Not fine. I get it. I understand. But people want to understand where is my new home? When we're doing these work relationships with people, it's it's a contract, right? You are buying that person's time, their expertise, their abilities, whatever those things are. They have to understand how you value them. So when we're looking at the types of people that we need, they have to understand what they are getting into. Being very clear, not just about the work environment, you know, like, oh, this is a, it, we're outside, it's very hot, I'm in the, the South, right? Very hot, very humid being very clear about those kinds of things, but it's also the people relationship pieces. We appreciate that um, you appreciate learning by repetition and that, that you'll appreciate uh, reinforcement and understanding management. Our management team has been um, specifically trained to understand how to train you over time so that you'll be successful, safe, and you'll have long-term family-like environment to be in. So we want to understand the other higher level motivations that go into the human experience, because again, these are humans. Uh, we have not fully automated most of our work. So we have to understand the pieces of how people are going to tackle their work, how they need to be trained, and how we will give them kudos and uh, reinforcement of a job well done when they do a, a good job. But yeah, the, the signing bonus, I get it. A lot of organizations are offering those right now. They could be something as simple as, you know, 500 bucks here or whatever. Um, but we have to understand it's beyond that where you're going to A, find the right people and B, keep them past the 90-day getting-to-know-you period. So you wrote an article in SBC Magazine recently um, 
that touches upon maybe a solution here beyond just the big fat signing bonus or, or hopefully in replacement of that. You already have this reservoir of current employees who know the work environment. They know how you employ people, how you manage them, the work environment you create. Uh, and they can be a resource, right, as you wrote, to help you find the types of people in their networks that might be a good fit for your company. So they do oh. some of that work for you, right? Yeah, totes. So when I'm looking at, you're talking about employee referral programs, and they are really, really great. I was, I love that you guys do um, different surveys of people. I want to say it was like more than half, like 53, 54%, I can't remember, of people who uh, work in the industry got an introduction to the industry from a family member or a friend. That That's a beautiful network of already existing uh, talent that we can tap into. Uh, you still have to have all of the stuff that we've talked about in the past, the the mm -hmm. job models and the, and the right thing. But yeah, employees can be awesome referral partners for the company if we have structured plans. So people have to understand what is in it, what is what is in it for me to refer somebody to this organization to the company, right? And what is in it for them to be part of this company, to be part of the team, the family. So. Mm -hmm. By understanding that we have this resource, we have to clearly articulate what that employee referral program should look like. I would definitely encourage having a more formalized uh, employee referral type program where you have incentives for those employees to refer folks. That would be one thing that I definitely would start with. I would make sure that you are clearly articulating the types of uh, potential hires that you will uh, be considering. Um, I, you know, hey, you are an awesome uh, worker. I know that you appreciate uh, putting in long hours and working uh, quietly by yourself. Uh, in your network, your community network, your your church network, your you know whatever, your uh, other parents at the PTA meetings, uh, people that you know well, do you know other people who also appreciate working uh, quietly for long periods of time with their head down? Do you Have you seen somebody who's willingly helpful, who's ready to lend a hand uh, when a neighbor in need needs it? Um, because we have X program. Now, the thing about those employee programs, um, the other... Uh, uh, study that you guys did when you did your um, survey of production level workers, uh, roughly half uh, knew that their uh, company had one or thought, presumed that they had one. But it was like 15, 18%. Oh, no, it was almost 20%. Uh, didn't even know. They were like, oh, I don't know. We have one. So that just tells me it's not being communicated. If you have a referral program, it's not being communicated to the employees who can do the referring. Like you set it up and it gets ignored. That That's a really useless way to create an employee <laughs> referral program is by not uh, sharing it back out. So when you were writing that article, Dolly, um, you obviously interviewed some component manufacturers about what, how their referral programs worked, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. what what did you hear from them that sort of uh, resonated with you? You're like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely a best practice. Like that, that there's a reason why that company's approach to their referral program works. Can you maybe highlight an example or two and explain why that works so well? 
Oh, absolutely. So consistently, and, and I, I think there was three or four um, companies that we talked to, consistently the ones that have the best success with it, publicize it, publicize it, publicize it. And I'm not talking to the, to the larger world. I'm talking about internally to their employee base. So they have posters up. They uh, put it in their employee newsletter if they have that kind of thing. Um, their managers, so there's the shift supervisors and the managers, remind people, hey, guys, don't forget, we've got a couple of job openings, if you know, blank, 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 right? Um, that they also have it worth that employee's while, that it's not a home run. So they're very clear. We appreciate your employee referrals for uh, employees who have experience, it's X number of dollars for employee for referred people who don't have experience, it's X number of dollars. Please know they will still need to go through our full interview process before you hire them, right? You don't want your employees going out and going, you know, my, my neighbor does a lot of meth. It'll be really great to bring him. No, you know, it's like they don't get <laughs> they don't get any uh, money just for bringing in any stranger off the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, there were also um, follow-on metrics for several of the companies that had long-term success. So if employee makes it 90 days, there was one marker. If they made it 100 days, there was another marker. If they made it a year, there was another marker. So really understanding that um, it was a small uh, investment of cash in most of the cases. It wasn't. Uh, some of them had, had bigger bonuses. Uh, but A, publicizing it. Be reinforcing it by making sure your managers are directly reminding people, hey, don't forget when you go home this weekend, you know, if you've got folks in your network who blank, 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 we'd love to consider them for future employment. Um, so really just tapping that network and reinforcing it, but, but making it easy um, to use. You don't want to make it uh, hard to use. And I will tell you, too, uh, one of the companies was really good about um, if somebody wasn't hired. They um, have uh, values cards, you know, so they reinforce it. So they really make sure, hey, folks that you're talking to, show them your values card, you know, make sure that they understand um, our organization's values because we really uh, want people who embody naturally um, those qualities. You know, Dolly, the values card hits upon something I think that's important too that you brought out in your article, which is the your employees need to have a really solid understanding of what are you hiring for so for instance if you're looking for another line worker like having a really good you know sort of pi based um job description that makes it very clear the type of person you're looking for and what they're going to be what they're going to be asked to do uh is really important because you know beyond the like whether or not they're a warm body who you know can uh you know, fill out the, you know, do well on the the comprehensive side of the test. If they're not a good, if they're bringing somebody forward who's not a good fit for what you're hiring for, it's just a waste of time, really, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So having those clearly defined job postings and making those available to employees so that they understand what the, the quality, because they will intuitively know the job, especially if they've been doing it for a long time, right? But it's, really hard for people to articulate the day in and day outs of their job. So if you have that defined, and then you can refer the employees to show people the Indeed posting or the Craigslist posting or our careers page posting or this printed 
a job board where you have the the poster board and people can uh, you know take a copy of the the actual job posting. Yeah, absolutely. Because then if you hand that to somebody and and you know let's say I work for a company and I'm like oh man. I love these guys. They really care about their people. Here's the rate, latest job. And the person read the the person that they want to recruit to to apply reads that and goes, "Man, I I, I don't want to do that." Right? It's making the relationship more honest for both that employee who does want to refer somebody. They they think they'd be great. But that person looks at that job themselves and they go, "You know, I I I just cannot do something repetitive day in and day out. That will just kill my soul." Right? Why? Why would you try to force them to to apply and have them only last a, a day, a week? Right? So, absolutely, having clearly posted job descriptions that are accessible for the employees to share as part of their efforts to uh, get somebody else to apply is is a is a good point. Absolutely. I, I shouldn't laugh about it, but your 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 term just kill my soul. I wish you had brought that up in our last podcast because that that is really what we're getting after, right? When when a job is not the right fit for a person, it just kills their soul. <laughs> oh God, yeah. We want to make sure that all work is rewarding if it's rewarding to that person, right? So I have to understand why why does this positively charge me? versus work that I have to do that is soul crushing. So, I mean, I am sure people listening to this podcast, there's been jobs that you were like, oh my God, I barely made it through the day, right? There was something about the actual work beyond the task, right? That uh, did not recharge your batteries. So for example, when I get to be around people and and go to trade shows and do those kinds of things, right? That's positively energizing to me. I can go all day. But when I have to uh, do my paperwork and my corporate compliance and run payroll and all that boring stuff, right? When I, because, you know, I have to do that, you know, that is draining. So it's not just the tasks, but it's the the repetition and the quiet and all that, you know, so we have to understand with the work that we have, all, you know, our folks are listening to this podcast, different jobs are going to positively charge the batteries of different people. And you don't want to force people into a role where it's not a fit because they won't last. You'll, you'll burn them out. You'll kill them. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, don't right. do it. So final question. You know, beyond, beyond referral programs, I'm wondering, do you have any advice to employers who obviously need to bolster the size of their workforce? Like, are there other options? I, I think you and I talked about uh, another article that you worked, you're worked you working on uh, regarding temp agencies. I mean, is that a viable t- tool? Is there anything else that you found? Yeah, yeah. So there's plenty. So um, temp agencies are a resource. Um, people will have different met- levels of success uh, with temp agencies uh, to help be more successful. Make sure that the temp agencies truly, really, 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 really know the job. Um, They understand because uh, we don't want to just have them send anybody over because they, those temps are going to have to go through the same metrics, right? They have to have the same abilities. You have to train them the same. You don't want to just try test drive anybody. Um, temp agencies are a good resource. Uh, you need to be clear that this temp agency, those, those workers are their workers, right? You're not paying all of the costs associated with a new hire, especially if they don't work out. So there's benefits, 
drawbacks though, you don't want them just putting anybody there because they, they do get um, uh, paid for those placements. So you want to make sure that it's a, a win-win for both you and that temp agency. But I would encourage thinking outside of the box. We talked about the referral program, but um, a radio ads for um, one of uh, the companies mentioned that they do Spanish language um, radio ads campaigns. Uh, recruiting at tech schools, recruiting in high schools, frankly, um, for uh, folks who are going to graduate. Um, looking more toward um, community resources that uh, you may not have thought of. Uh, for example, I know of a few programs where they look to reduce rev- revisitism um, by hiring uh, people with a felony convictions. Um, and there's programs that are set up to help understand who those guys are, the training that they'll need. But that's really an outside of the box resources. I have uh, people that are like, they're afraid to hire um, military spouses because they're like, well, they just move every couple of years. I'm like, so what? Get the best out of them while you have them for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but really needing to think outside of the box. Facebook, you know, having Facebook pages and postings, uh, making sure all of your employees, if they have a Facebook account, have liked your page. Um, glass door ratings. So there's there's a ton of different uh, venues to start sourcing folks. And I'm not talking about the higher level folks too, like the designers where you can really, you know, start tapping university resources. I'm talking about, you know, think outside of the box, look at, look at uh, making a partnership with a area uh, high school, you know, those kinds of things have, have a day where you're uh, bringing in different people and consider other industries too, you know, uh, sourcing from other industries. I know a lot of folks talk about, uh, complaining about having to compete against Amazon uh, warehouses, for example, or Walmart. Absolutely. So you're competing against them. Make sure that you're articulating the value you have, not just uh, for the company, but again, those uh, metrics for success in the job, you know, long-term affiliation, family-like environments, those kinds of words, um, if honored, by the way, don't just say them, but those kinds of words, if honored, uh, will be positively resonating in the communities that you're sourcing folks from. I love it. Dolly, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. You you can invite me to talk anytime. I'm a talker. I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. I'll, I'll definitely have you back. <laughs> Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast at whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.